Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast. We've got Wednesday's best bets here for you guys on a pretty decent NBA slate, I would say. Some pretty uh, easy stuff to choose from, if I do say so myself. We are coming off a 3-in-1 night on the best bets. Still looking to move forward and make a bit more units with you guys here, so continue to follow along. Also check out the Play a Props video that we have up for you guys each and every weekday as well. We also want you to head to thelines.com. Use everything we have up on the site right now to help yourselves and use that odds finder tool especially. Make sure you're getting the best juice available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first best bet here. Yeah, I mean, quick note on the Rockets not getting their cover. Uh, Mavs, just some some ridiculous calls. The Kyrie flop, the Kyrie intentional double dribble. Uh, but yeah, that that was pretty frustrating. But uh, I think the under was probably not the right call the with shot. Dallas at home. Needless to say, uh, we are moving on here on Wednesday's seven-game slate. And uh, going Pelicans, Sixers, going over 231. I saw it get down to 230 and jumped on it there um at FanDuel you always have the option for it to freeze at 227 and I would take the Sixers with uh, you know at just minus one with that uh with that over and you get like plus 185 I mean the Sixers offense is obviously just impossible to stop when Joel Embiid is on normal rest um you know Jonas Valanciunas not gonna be it and the, everybody's playing off him beautifully with Nick Nurse calling the shots and the Pelicans are back home after a little road trip here. They play faster, looser at home uh, with Zion. They obviously score more. And C.J. McCollum might be back, which would, you know, definitely should spark their offense. He's had a lot of success against the Sixers. Last time they played in NOLA, he had 42 in an overtime game. JoJo came right back. Uh, I mean, it wound up being a Pelicans win, but JoJo is now averaging 40 in his last three against uh, this Pelicans team. So like I said, Jonas Valanciunas not stopping him. He's averaging, or, or the Sixers are averaging 126 in the last five Western Conference games with Embiid. They've gone over in seven of their last eight overall with Embiid. They're averaging 126 in their last five overall with Joel Embiid and shooting 40% from three because teams are just com being completely compromised, uh, trying to double him, trying to send half help trying to do whatever they can, and then they're just getting wide-open shots. And then you come back on the other side. Yeah, the Pels at home, again, coming off, coming back from a little lull in Utah. at Their last six at home, averaging over 122, uh, 31 assists per game, shooting 40% in their own right from three, with Zion compromising defenses. Zion is averaging 33 in just 31 minutes per game in his three career against the Sixers. He dropped 33 and 10 and five against the Nick Nurse Raptors last year. Now facing Nick Nurse again. That game actually got to 234 with the freaking Raptors playing at a 105 pace. So whatever Zion did to spark that game, it, it had a nice offensive flow here. Um, and yeah, I think the, the, the Pelicans giving up the most threes, yet number one in three opponents three-point shooting, how much of that is luck? I mean, that's got to regress towards the middle in some way. They are a rangy, good defensive team. But like I said, when when you compromise your defense, deal with Embiid, you're going to wind up giving up much better looks than you usually do. Yep, I, I, I'm with that game theory 100%. And I, I'm with Nola scoring more at home too. And really for, for Philly, what's really interesting to me is how many fast break points they're giving up. Um, I think that's going to be a problem for them. 
with Herb Jones in there, uh, thank God. And then maybe CJ back. Yeah, I'm not necessarily banking on it um, because I, I'm going to go with a Zion prop there in our, our player props video. But I was looking at some of the same stuff you were to get there with Zion and him getting points and things I'm talking about because it, it will be an over. It's it's all within the same kind of game script of what you're talking about here. So uh, a slightly different game script for my first pick, the Clips and the Kangs. And this might sound scary, but I'm taking an under 230 and a half. I'm also going to take the Clippers money line. So I'm going to split that that unit there. And really, if, if you want to parlay them together, I think there's pretty solid correlation. I just don't always love taking... I'm not going to take the point. So the money line and the under actually isn't that bad of a bet. I, I just don't love taking a favorite with an under in a parlay, but I don't need to take the points because it's such a small um, spread here. So LAC at SAC under 230 and a half. It sounds crazy because at one point in time, they played the second uh, highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. But that was a different time and that was a different team. That was Russell Westbrook's Clippers. That was also the Kings not coming off a back-to-back that you've got to consider the emotional win of the season for them. Not to mention the fact that they had to come back from down 20 in the second half at one point. Not to mention that that game was played at a 105 and a half pace. De'Aaron Fox saw 40 minutes in that game. Sabonis saw 36. We still don't have the obviously the final injury report from the Kings, so we don't know exactly who's even going to play. But there was a few guys that played less than 30 minutes and a number of guys that played well over 30 minutes, so we might not be seeing everybody. At any rate, um, even if we do see everybody, this is you know a situation with the Clippers where no matter what's happened with them in their roster change, they've been the same defensive team all season. They're still a top seven defensive team. I mean, according to their defensive rating, according to their ability to stop a lot of what uh, the Kings want to do because of the fact that they slow the game down. They played at about a 98 pace since, or I'm sorry, 97 pace since Harden has gotten there. And that's been 11 games now. Plus it's the past the 10 game mark. I'll remind you that Ty Lue gave us for their benchmark moment when they were going to start to figure it all out. So we're at, they lost game 11 in really disappointing fashion to the Nuggets where they got beat pretty bad by DeAndre Jordan and Reggie Jackson. But such is the sort of like duality of the Clippers where you, you don't know, necessarily know when they're going to bring it. I think this is one of those games where they bring it because it's it's an opportunity with a tired Kings team. Um, they've gone under, by the way. So just really the under might even be a little bit more my favorite bet. So when I say I'm splitting the unit, might be more like a 0.7 to 0.3 kind of deal uh, to get to the full unit with 0.7 units on the under. Uh, because the way that these uh, Clippers are playing since Harden got there, under in all 11 games, uh, at least under 230 and a half is, is what all of their games have gone. Um, they have a 110 defensive rating, like I said, still seventh best. And their games are averaging 107 to 106 points without much difference between how they play on the whole, uh, on the road and at home. So not really much to worry about them being on the road or playing faster for any reason. I still think they can control this game a bit more. Crowd might be raucous over there at Golden 1, but it was beyond crazy last night. I don't know how you match that in another game that you just don't need quite as bad without playing the Warriors and an emotional and crazy Draymond Green who did everything he could to get thrown out of that game and still didn't somehow. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that everything is just clear letdown game for for the Kings in this one, and, and the Clippers should be able to take advantage. Yeah, that's the spot. It's Clippers' money line, although Kings are, are very good at home and very high-scoring at home. I'm personally banned from betting any uh, any under in this matchup. I'm probably staying away from under in Kings' home games in general, but yeah, it was last year. I tried to call under in that game that went to over 300 points uh, and just, you know, maybe my worst call of the entire season. Um, but yeah, here we'll see who's out for the Kings. Uh, cause I don't think the Clippers are going to let a backup point guard 
uh, burn them in back-to-back games here. Ty Lue and the defense should be pretty good. Uh, they, I would like to take them to to get the win here. I think you you just bet this before you get the injury report if you're trying to get some action in early, uh, and just expect that the Kings are going to rule somebody out after all those minutes that you laid out. Yep. Um, so I'm going to take a road favorite here as well. Phoenix minus three at Toronto, and interesting. You know, KD missed their last game, but his props are up, and books are not. I mean, book has just been dealing with that sore calf. Uh, he's listed as questionable to probable. I think both of them are going to play. Uh, but as as of what we have right now, a little same game parlay option is Suns minus three. KD, 25 points. Nurk, eight rebounds. Uh, they're going to need Nurk down low against this really good rebounding Raptors team. And he has 43 boards in his last three against the Raptors, including 14 boards in 18 minutes uh, before you know sitting down or getting injured, whatever happened with that one with Portland. Toronto just... Not a particularly good team. Uh, they they take care of business against teams with losing records, but they have lost and failed to cover their last three against winning teams. I'm sorry, they covered against the Celtics, but 0-3 at home, last three against winning teams. And they're on a back-to-back here after losing in Brooklyn. They're 5-10 and on back-to-back since the start of last year. Um, you know, in their last 10, the, under this new coach, Darko, the defense has just not been the same as it was with Nurse and, and with the personnel. Last 10, they're third worst in terms of opponents' field goal shooting, three-point percentage, sixth worst opponents' assist. Uh, they're 21st in offense, 20th in defense. They were just cooked by Mikel Bridges and Spencer Dinwiddie. OG, a 126 defensive rating, so I don't know if he's the defensive stopper that they're going to be able to throw at KD. And even when their defense played pretty well, they held Donnie Mitchell the four for 17 field goal shooting the previous game, they still couldn't get enough points because as we know, the last two years Raptors half court offense is just abysmal. And Phoenix is playing a half court game right now and cooking people, uh, seven straight wins, four straight covers, two on the road. They're giving 125 a game with insane team shooting splits. That's the best offensive rating in the league. And they're not depending on getting you burning you in the paint, right? I mean, it's pretty balanced scoring, obviously pretty high in the mid range. <laughs> um, and yeah, you, you have Frank Vogel, his last trip to Toronto for what it's worth, was able to pull out a win last two trips with the Lakers, um, a, a win with LeBron and a bunch of bums around him in overtime when it was Nick Nurse, when the Raptors were closer to a, a, an above average team. So with the rest advantage, I will take the Suns in this one. Yeah. The, the only thing that scares me about this game is just the the matchup that that I think of with a lack of wings and and you know basically role players which a lot of a lot of guys on Toronto you could make the argument are like really good top level role players all in one with maybe potential you know Siakam star and, and maybe uh, Scotty Barnes moving forward into the star role as well but it's just interesting because all the types of guys that you would need to to stop Toronto I I just don't think the Suns have them that would be where I get worried about the KD scoring and the Nurk rebounding, I'm with. Um, I, I think Nurk's going to have a pretty good game against Pirtle, who, I mean, as good as he's played in, at times, he's not exactly a stopper right now, to be honest. Even though he's had a really good field defensive field goal percentage at the rim in the past, it's fluctuated already this year as well. I, my main point is, like, that's the, the area where I think they can win is, like, down low and then KD and Book scoring. When it comes to guarding the other guys, we'll see if, if, the, if the, the, the better role players for the Raptors are able to hang around. Um, but you know, I, I'm not going to tell you not to bet this one specifically. It's just not for me. But last one is something that is kind of for both of us. It's the Magic money line 
parlayed with the Lakers money line. Um, and I'm really just so on the magic. Honestly, if you want to take the magic minus their nine and a half in some places, by all means, I, I think they're well equipped to win this game by double digits. Um, so there, there's something there too. But for the money line bet to just kind of guarantee yourself a win and, and we feel good about the Lakers as well, for Orlando, I just they're about to eat them up is what I see. Like whatever Washington has been able to do at times on offense against other teams, I don't see it happening here. Uh, we're talking about the team with the second best defensive rating. I believe in the 12 and 5 magic, by the way. Uh, I'm really happy with my preseason 9 to 1 ticket for them to win the Southeast as somewhat of a fade of the the, the Miami Heat. Like, well, someone's got to win this division. I'm not going to tell you I predicted the magic to have this good of a winning percentage, but I believe in them and their defense, especially um, at home, actually been just as good on the road. A 106 defensive rating wherever they play. Um, like I said, second best. They allow the fewest threes uh fifth fewest threes attempted they allow the eighth fewest made all on par and that's partly due to the fact that they just don't allow field goal attempts in general uh fewest in the league tied with the knicks for 83 field goal attempts against them a game because they play super slowly and they just they don't they don't give up anything easy that's a big part of the, the reason that they're they're running guys off the three-point line is they're happy to send you down low into the trees of their 610 front court plus goga batadze and obviously Wendell Carter Jr. when he's in, even though he's still hurt. Um, but th this is a, a clear game plan for them is run you off the line. They're not worried about about what happens once you get inside. And God, if you need to rely on guys like Jordan Poole's decision-making once they get inside, they take two dribbles inside the three-point line, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and fade that right now. Um, also going to fade that in player props uh, with a, probably a Jordan Poole under little uh, hint there. But um, for Orlando at home, it's crazy how good they are on offense they're scoring 118 points per game at home winning by an average margin of victory of 11 um so they, they're plus minus overall at home a plus 11 per game uh on the road minus 105 and then they're scoring 106 points per game so there's there's just something there and this was similar to last season as well for for orlando just a much better team at home good on the road this year five and three but still the seven and two at home just beat the uh the celtics really beat them good too the other day at home it was a pretty legit game this is a bad, 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 bad matchup for Washington. Dead last in defensive rebound percentage, allowing uh, 16 second chance points per game, which is fourth most. Orlando, number one, they have a 36% offensive rebound percentage at home. That's That would be good for number one in the league. They are number two overall at like 34%. Um, and Utah, unsurprisingly, also gets a ton of offensive rebounds to only team slightly better than them. But just get all the second chance points for Orlando. Get all the points in the paint for Orlando, where Washington allows the third most. Uh, they're about to get turnovers. They get 23 points off of turnovers per game at home right now. So, like I said, I just keep convincing myself that they're going to win by double digits in this one. Um, and then for the Lakers, it's LeBron against Detroit. Uh, I, I'll, I'll let you take that real quick because I believe in that that entirely. They're seven-point favorites, and I, I do believe it's a good bounce-back spot for them if you want to parlay those money lines, right? Yeah, and same odds for Lakers to lead at halftime and full-time. I don't know if you can parlay that with the Magic money line as well, but I think, yeah, Lakers going to lead wire to wire here this this Pistons team that has on the worst win losing streak in the league um LeBron in a bounce back spot after the worst loss of his career um on the road they're at OKC the next night so they absolutely need to get a win uh before a much tougher matchup uh yeah I mean, there's not much to read into it here the Lakers should take care of business at Detroit Nate let's go ahead and run right into your first NBA play a prop with a top two NBA player of all time. <laughs> yeah, and he's coming off the worst loss of his career, LeBron James, in terms of margin, coming off like one, only the second no, zero rebound game of his career. So 
I'll take the 32.5 points slash rebounds for Braun here. Uh, it is the front end of a back-to-back, which gives you me some concern. If you want to just get a quick hitter then and not worry about whether he's going to play, if it's going to be a blowout down the stretch, over 5.5 points in the first quarter is a nice minus 110. Um, so divvy up the units however you want there. But look at what LeBron has done re- this season after double-digit losses for, for you know, 34-3 and at Miami in a one-point loss, 36-11-5 in a win at Phoenix, 35-5-9 win at Portland. Um, so I would consider, you know, just kind of getting the well-rounded line here, some money line parlays with LeBron to go like 25-5-5 or higher. Detroit, I mean, what is it, a 12-game losing streak at this point? It, it's just like they're not doing anything well. They are playing fast. It's surprising that they don't give up a ton of rebounds despite their putrid shooting recently. Uh, but, yeah, their last three at home, 101.4 pace. Uh, and they are a very good offensive rebounding team. So that's what makes me lean more towards the boards. LeBron's got to get down there, keep all those bigs uh, from crashing the glass because, you know, he, he pretty much puts it on himself every time they lose. So that, that You know, we got to be better, I got to be better, and especially when he looks at that zero rebound for himself in the box score. Uh, expect him to to give more effort there on the glass and for the Lakers to be controlling this game more. For what it's worth, last two against Detroit, 34 points per game, also five rebounds, seven assists, and it was a plus 32. So this is not one of those teams that the Lakers tend to slip up against, um, and I don't think in this spot that they're going to, uh, but sandwiched between really tough games, again, at OKC tomorrow. So I think they take care of business early and get a win. I think so too. Um, I mean, I, I do think Detroit's going to be s- just clawing and scratching to, to to be able to hang around in this game as best they can. Uh, with that losing streak, playing at home, they get the Lakers on the road. You know, I, I get all of that. I still do think the Lakers pull it out, as we talked about with our, our money line parlay bet with the Magic. Who also, we're going to spank the Wizards. The the LeBron bet for the first quarter, I really really like. I, I haven't really uh, dove into his first quarter number specifically whether or not he tries to defer or not but I, if they if they, our game theory of he's coming out on a tear is anything to to believe in it's got to start in the first quarter as well and, and set the tone so um and like we said we were a little bit worried of anything about the blowout factor which means the first quarter bet probably is just a solid so uh my first pick here i'm going with zion points and assists against this philly team who is weakest against the power forward position so over 28 and a half for mr williamson He's gone over this number in his last five against some, actually some similar teams, at least Denver, sack twice, the Clippers, and then Utah. So the uh, 28 and a half, uh, and a, the 28 and a half percent usage rate, easy for me to say, that he's had over that time, I still think is going to continue. If CJ McCollum is back for his first game, I can't imagine that he's out there for much more than like 25 minutes, to be honest. Uh, there was a collapsed lung situation for him. And he was really not ever really going to make it last game, even though he was listed as doubtful, which I suppose gave him a small chance. So without him, we're talking about 14 uh, or more potential assists a game for Zion in in, that, in those games without CJ. He's point Zion. He's gotten at least five assists, especially, which is you know where his, his assist prop specifically is at for this game. Gone over that in those last five uh, and six of his last eight without CJ. So he definitely plays a lot more with the ball in his hand um, and, and, you know, around the same spots for sure, but he's starting from the perimeter at times as well, which allows him to, to kind of dish once he gets in the lane and two to three people have to collapse on him. 
because of how good he is. As soon as he gets in the air, you're done. So you really need guys on him with his feet still on the ground, which forces him to pass more. But I still think he's good for the points because of of the matchup that he'll have with a Tobias Harris or whomever at this point that they're really going to try to put on him, which not much of a stopper for a guy like Zion. So um, he's in in uh, seven of ten. Also, I should say without Jose Alvarado in there, another good stat who is not likely to play again tonight either. Like I said, Philly most vulnerable versus power forwards. They allowed uh, the uh, fourth most points per game to power forwards. They uh, are giving up a good amount of points in the paint, which. I mean, you, you you are surprised to hear sometimes, but Joe Val definitely is capable of pulling Joel from the, the paint and bringing him out to the three-point line. Certainly not capable of stopping him, as you mentioned in Best Bets, why we like an over in this game. But I do also think there's going to be points coming from the Pelly side, and a big reason will be Zion. Uh, you mentioned it in Best Bets as well. 33 points per game in 31 and a half minutes per game. Also six assists in that amount of time. That's ridiculous per 36 numbers, man. And it's been the same team that he's playing going up against here. No P.J. Tucker, if anything, you feel just as good about. So uh, I'm going to roll with, with Zion to get the 29 points on assist in this one. And what's the points? Just 24 and a half? Or 20? 20. 20, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Both of but yeah. Yeah, 25, 26 points. I, I would just, yeah, yeah. I, I think you can just hit the points as well if you're worried about C.J. coming back and them having a, a more reliable playmaker. I, I don't know what his minute situation Fair. will be, like you said, um, as if he comes back. But I think he is targeting tonight as a return. Uh, makes me like the over more in this game. I think we could we could see a nice games uh, game flow situation where both teams are around 120. I mean that's what they've been lately. Two of the most uh, efficient offensive teams in the league, um, especially in this situation where New Orleans at home is far more efficient offensively. Expect Philly to come along and yeah, they don't have a Zion stopper. Does anybody? Um, there's no good matchup for Zion Williamson um, and well, Paolo Banchero. Okay, yeah. Paolo Bancaro has a good matchup tonight against <laughs> the Wizards as he comes off his um, Eastern Conference Player of the Week campaign in his last five. 23.5 points per game on 56% field goal shooting. And I will take him to get 23 again here. His prop is at 22.5. I mean, the Wizards are a a terrible defense, as we know. 67 paint points allowed in their last three. They give up 39 points to Brooke Lopez on 14 for 17 field goal shooting. There's Zero resistance in the paint. Uh, 124 points per game overall, mostly on field goals. Paolo's not really getting the line that much heat, but he is scoring efficiently from the field. They are giving up the second most points and rebounds to small forwards. If you think of Paolo as an interchangeable small slash power forward. Uh, If so, he gets to bully what uh, Denny Abdia, Corey Kispert, or Kyle Kuzma if he's at the four. Like There's nobody at those two spots that is stopping anyone for Washington. He faced them twice in March last year when we had this kind of iteration of the Wizards and went for 24, 10 and a half, and seven assists. Um, scoring a lot more at home this year. Nearly 22 a game versus 17 and a half on the road. 23 plus points and five straight at home. And you've seen the spike without Wendell Carter Jr. The, the spacing is much better for him because uh, you have Goga as a more traditional big, not somebody drifting around the perimeter like Wendell. So his three-point shooting has really spiked without Wendell. It's 48% versus 27%. And he's averaging five more points per game. Uh, five and a half, in fact, to 21 and a half. So uh, I'll stay, keep Balo to stay hot in one more time here. Hopefully it's not a total blowout and he gets uh, some points there in the fourth quarter. Right. I, I am going to predict blowout officially. Uh, in best bets, I was 
I wasn't really waffling. I was just took them in a money line parlay, but I, I do like the magic to just pwn. Can I use that word here? Pwn them in this one because of everything that they do well, which is emblematic of what uh, Paolo does well. Plus the power forward situation. If you can't guard tall wings, you're screwed against Orlando. And guess who can't guard tall wings at one of the worst rates? This team right here. I, I was. Uh, we've been targeting power forwards, tall, small forwards, athletic, tall guys that play on the wing against the Wizards like a Jalen Johnson uh, who had eight points in eight minutes before he went out the other night in that Hawks game, guys like that. And and Paolo is is maybe not as like quite as bouncy as Jalen Johnson, but man, like similar size and and capable, way more capable. Six free throw attempts a game. I expect him to get to the line as well. So all good for Paolo there. Uh, Jordan Poole under final bet under 18 and a half points. I thought it was 17 and a half. I ended up finding it at 18 and a half. That's wonderful. Minus 105 for that with a full unit. Jordan Poole. He and, he and Draymond kind of deserve each other. Let's talk about Orlando's defense, though. They limit shooting guards to the second fewest points per game on the season. Jalen Suggs, man, you've been calling it since, like, day two of the season. You were like, yo, Jalen Suggs is different with it on defense right now, and that is a huge reason why they're limiting opposing shooting guards to the second fewest. They've got a really tall, athletic, incredibly good defensive shooting guard on their side in Jalen Suggs, um, giving them the clamps, probably an all-NBA defender this year. A 107 individual defensive rating for Jay Suggs. The overall team's second best defensive rating. Talked about it in the Best Bets video as well. They allow the fifth fewest three-pointer attempts per game. Jordan Poole is going to rely on that, where he's shooting 28%, by the way, on the season from deep. They allow the the eighth fewest made as well. They they just don't allow you to shoot the ball, to be honest. Uh, They're they're winning their games at home by about 11 points because they're also just not allowing you to shoot the ball. They're playing slowly. Uh, and they're limiting your shots because they're pushing you off the three-point line and then, honestly, getting blocks once you get anywhere inside 10 feet. Um, this under for Jordan Poole has hit in seven of his last 10 games. The three overs were one versus Charlotte and then two versus Milwaukee. We know their struggles on defense, especially around the perimeter, even though they've been improved down low. So I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. His 39% field goal uh, shooting on the season predominantly from the mid-range and the three-point line, and it's just it's not a place you're going to be able to score on, on these uh, Magic. You're going to have to get inside. And like I said, once you get inside the, the, the three-point line, and now we're talking about Jordan Poole making decisions, I, I'm talking about turnovers, points off of turnovers, and not a lot of points for Jay Poole. Yeah, this is a <clears throat> Tyus Jones game, I think, for, for Washington. I mean, the way you have to match Orlando's style is take care of the ball, put in put in a tr- more traditional point guard, let him make decisions, not let Jordan Poole be freewheeling the way he was in those high-scoring games with with the Hornets and Bucks. which okay. to me, that, this, that says so much about the Bucks defense right now that that's the only team Jordan Poole has been able to cook against. Is like, wow, uh, we might want to keep targeting their point guard defense uh, until further notice. I mean, wing defense too, I know. Uh, but uh, Tim McMahon on the, on the Hoop Collective said Malik Beasley is the worst defensive starter in the NBA, and then you got Dame out there. So I mean, that's that's just an aside here. Yeah, I mean, Orlando's defense is great, and I gotta imagine Pools not scoring as much on the road uh, unless he like finds some baddies in the crowd that he really wants to impress. He's just generally not that motivated <laughs> uh, when he doesn't have the home crowd at his back. Well played, sir. Well played. If you don't know what we're talking about, just Google it. That is all the time we have for you in this one. Looking to uh, get on a heater here. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking for a sweep here from us, dude, on, on these player props on Wednesday nights. So check out the best bets as well. Got those up each and every weekday. Like and subscribe. And until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>